221 of the Q&A podcast. My name is Anthony and sitting right across from me via Zoom as always is my pal, the Quincy. Oh, hello. How you doing there, buddy? How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Sorry, Another I'm day. Tr- I'm trying to talk and not burp. <laughs> I've been there. You, you, like, you introduced me and I'm like, I'm a, oh. I did that last episode, I think, or maybe it was the one before that. Yeah. Welcome to the gassiest podcast this side of Spotify. <laughs> but now, man, how you doing tonight? Good, man. Um, we're halfway. I mean, like we've we're halfway down with our uh, baseball preview, and uh, so that means we're just you know we're that much closer to the start of the regular season. That's that's pretty exciting. Yes. Yeah, we're all done with the National League. Um, today we're going to be starting with the American League. We're starting off with the AL Central. Before we start, man, did you see the uh, Astros video them presenting their gold jerseys? Yeah. I need a job with more money, man. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, because I missed out in 2017 because I was broke, and I'm going to miss out on these because I'm broke yet again. But I, I, I don't know. Who was the first team that started doing those? It's a recent tradition where the champion gets gold jerseys for their for like their first series. Um, I want to say it was either the Cubs or the Royals who started that. But thank God, it's such a beautiful thing. Everybody needs like it. It just needs to be a tradition going uh, from mm-hmm. now on. Like I don't care if it's an extra, if it's just a reason to sell extra uniforms or anything like that. They're so beautiful. That's what the champs deserve. So I'm reading somewhere that all winners since 2010. Oh, so have gone for the gold in their home uniforms at the start of the following season. So that have been what the Giants? I guess so. You know what? Our teams, uh, the Astros were terrible back then, so we probably weren't paying too much attention. (laughs) I feel like back then we were worried more about the minor league teams than the major Mm -hmm. ones. So that might be why we missed that. But, yeah, that's a tradition. Let's keep that going. But um, let's get back to um, the American League Central. And I know that I talked earlier about the National League Central being the worst division of all of baseball. I feel like I was completely wrong about that. (laughs) Because, sure, there are two teams in the National League Central that could lose 100 games this year. But if you close your if you close your eyes, imagine everything going right for the Cardinals. You can picture them ending up in the World Series and winning it. There is no chance of any of these five teams in American League Central making it to the World Series, man. Yeah, this was I was thinking it's like we kind of rushed to judgment in terms of you know looking down upon the NL Central, but with St. Louis there and that roster still intact it's as long as there's a st louis in your division then you're not necessarily going to be the worst division in baseball the american league central however 
is like it's a crapshoot every year and um this year is no different yeah it's just there you and there's no team that that really stands out mm -hmm. um like the cardinals do in the, the national league central like i mean it it's kind of interesting it's weird how it, it is but it is interesting that the american league central is such a toss-up it's just it's such a bad division that yeah it's a toss-up anybody can a win Yeah, it's but, a but it's also bad. it's a toss up of mediocrity. Yeah, it's not like it's a toss up between two ninety five win teams like you would see in the AL East or in the AL West. It's like okay, someone's going to go to a playoff from this division just because it's in the rules, not because right. you're good. Exactly. All right. So if you've been listening to other podcasts, you know how it goes. But since every podcast is someone's first podcast, we're going to talk about each team in the division. We're going to uh, give the record from 2022 and their projected Pocota standings for 2023. And at the end of the discussion, we're going to go over or under for each team. And we, we start from bottom up. So the worst team that Pakota has in the AL Central is, drum roll, the Kansas City Royals. I almost called them the Chiefs. Kansas City Royals. Royals. You were able to, yeah. Yep. Pakota no has no surprises. Well, you know, I didn't. I, sometimes, you know, I even fooled myself. Last year, Kansas City Royals went 65 and 97. Pakota has them pegged for 64 and 98. Where do we start with this team? I mean, it's good to see Zach Greinke still has a job. Yeah, and Jordan Lyles haven't seen him in a while. <laughs> Jordan Lyles too. How old do you think Jordan Lyles is? Uh, I'm gonna say he is 33. Who close? 32. He's 32. You got it. Yeah, I was looking at his age right now. So. Yeah. Oh, cheater. Yeah. Yeah, he's 32. I still remember him getting pulled up from the minor leagues just so Tim Papura could try to save his job when it was obviously everyone in the organization that that dude was not ready for the big leagues. Yep. Wait, wait, let's go back to the Rockies. I, let's go back to these Royals, my bad. Um, I guess it all starts with they have some young players. Bobby Witt mm -hmm. Jr. Um, who was I looking for? Vinny. Oh, I'm about to mess this Italian up. Pasquatino. 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 Yeah. All right. You got Vinny P. Vinny P. You got to shake it. Shake it. You can put your fingers together. Shake it. And Vinny P. Get that uh, gabagool. Well, I'm looking at MLE.com. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. He doesn't have a nickname. No. I hope that wasn't too too stereotypical of me. All right. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We, we have no I, Irish American uh represent uh, represent on this um podcast. Don't be you know, no Anglo Saxons on this podcast to represent. Mm -mm. 
Not at all. So the first thing I was when I was looking through Sam, I was like, okay, it's a young team. They're still rebuilding. You know who seems like a pretty good trade chip? Salvador Perez. Mm-hmm. Then I looked up Salvador Perez. Do you know he's on the hook for two more years after this one plus a club option? Good lord. He's getting 20 million this year, 20 and 2024, 22 million in 2025, and a club option for 13 and a half million in 2026. I mean, look, he's worth it this year, 20 million. But beyond that, I don't know, man. I mean, he's he's uh like he's gonna be 33 in May. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's like he's not terribly old, but he's getting up there for a catcher, especially for a catcher. Especially at like 6'3, 255, a and he's been a full time catcher for yeah. over ten years now. Yeah, since day one. Yeah. Um, you know, look, we see catchers typically, you know, the back, you know, the back half of their careers, or no, the back end of their careers, not even back half, but the back end of their careers typically, you know, transition to first base or uh designated hitter. His oh. bat is good enough to do either. Um uh, so yeah, I mean, he would be your your ideal trade candidate. Um, and even <laughs> if he didn't but, have those extra years on, sure, right? Like, but you got to take this guy for at least another two years after this one. So if he's still holding up this year, then I think it's it would be it would be a, a worthwhile risk because what were the next two years? How much did you say? Twenty million in twenty twenty four and twenty two million in twenty twenty five. The way contracts are being doled out this, you know, these days, I mean, that's it's not a bad deal, essentially, you know, for a guy that um, you know, he's averaged about 25 home runs his career, maybe 23. Between 23 and 25 home runs, um, had a monster year in 2021, which is definitely an anomaly. Um well, my thing is yeah, for the I think I, I look, think, I think oh, there's, a, there's always going to be a desperate team that's going to be in the market for a guy like Salvador Perez, for a guy, you know, a veteran um, champion, you know, with, with uh, championship uh, experience, um, former MVP, I believe. Is he not an MVP? I don't Did believe so. I think you're making this up. Okay. Uh Let's see. Um, uh, like a fever dream. <laughs> yeah. My my issue with trading with Perez is I think this is the last year and he's going to be like, he's going to spend more than half of his time at the catcher's position. So you're mm-hmm. basically clogging up your DH base for the next two years for a guy who isn't a superstar. And he won't, he's not going to be a superstar any, much long, you know, with the bat. Like right. maybe he's maybe he hits you fifteen to twenty home runs, but if he's coming out there with a two twenty average, like wouldn't it be better off, you know, either rotating that DH phase or using some young guys? Like I just don't think paying that much money for a guy who's who's 
who's only going to be a bat and it's going to be a liability with the bat in a couple of years. I don't think it's worth it. So yeah, maybe if he if you you know he strike he gets lightning in a bottle this year, it may be worth it this year. But you're talking about paying a guy who a, a guy who's played catcher his entire big big league career career twenty million and then twenty two million the next two years. I'm just not I, if I'm a GM GM I'm steering clear of it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's always going to be someone that that's going to take that risk. Mm-hmm. And all, probably right. I mean, it depends on. Uh, it really just depends on who you know, who's out there and who could use that kind of bat. And really, it it just depends on how the worlds are feeling. It's like, mm-hmm. if if a trade offer comes up for Salvador Perez, the front office has to wonder: Is what we're getting back from him going to be? Is that worth more than just having him retire as a career ray, a career roar? And you know we get the the um, jersey retirement, and and you know he only played for our team for his entire career. No, yeah, no, that makes complete sense too. Um, but by the looking at this roster, they might be already you know looking to move on. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it was because they have a guy named MJ Melendez mm-hmm. with a really good year last year as a rookie. Well, the average was pretty bad, but 217 average, 330, uh, sorry, 313 on base percentage. Yeah, but um, I don't know, looks, you know, look, could be the future of the of the position. Yeah, right now, uh, we say Melendez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's slotted as a DH, but I guarantee you, him and by the end of the year, him and Salvador will switch positions. In my opinion, I think you you pull that trigger sooner and really showcase Salvador's bat and let you know save his save him save his body for. You know those next two years where you have to still pay him all this money, but if his bat is still, you know, um, worth all that money, then he's an even more attractive trading trading piece. Yeah. Where Melinda is, I mean, he's twenty four years old. He's cheap. You know, he's looking. You know, looks like he's the future. Um, and if he is the future at the catcher position, you need to get him back there and play as many games as possible. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. Because, hell, you know, I've been biting my tongue this whole time, but I would love to have a guy. I've always wanted the Astros to get a guy like Salvador Perez. You know, and now not necessarily as a catcher anymore because yeah, of the- because then my question is okay, so where do we, where do we, okay, let's say the Astros trade for Salvador right. Perez, where the hell are they putting him? Yeah, I mean, I feel like that that kind of move is maybe three or four years too late. But I remember, you know, since he came along and, you know, since he came up in the majors, I, I've always 
you know, dreamed of this team having a player like that, a catcher with his ability, you know, with um, his durability. Uh-oh, we just lost Anthony. All right, we're back. Sorry about that. Zoom just disconnected Anthony for some reason. I was about to try and segue, you know, uh, I was about to jump back in where we were without without having to acknowledge it. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty good about that. Yeah, well. I, a little trouble, but. Nah, it's fine. A little editing never hurt nobody. Do you remember yeah. what you were talking about? Well, we're talking about, you know, uh, wishful thinking, you know, back in the day of getting a guy like Salvador Perez on the Astros. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a log jam that's not going to happen anytime soon. It's just not going to happen for the Astros. Um, but but wanting a guy like him is a testament to what kind of player he is. A premium position that, you know, guys like his rarely come along. You know, they, they don't come along often. Um but, you know, to sum it up, I really feel like there is going to be a – somebody at some point this year, if he's available, is definitely going to take a, a shot at it, at him. Mm -hmm. I could see someone like Toronto going after him, bring him on as a DH, and mentoring those young catchers, that young catcher that, that they have, while they try and make a run. Yeah, if I was the GM, I'd definitely be looking for trades, but I wouldn't be surprised if Kansas City just keeps them the entire year. Uh, yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. And look, I'm I'm also a fan of guys retiring with the same team. You know, it's it's getting rarer and rarer these days uh, with the you know with the way that contracts are being doled out these days. So, um, you know. It'll be interesting. Like that's me. I think the Salvador Perez thing might be the most interesting story in the American League West or American League Central this year. Like, what happens with him? Who knows? But hopefully, you know, there's more interesting things. But right now, that's my most interesting uh, storyline for this division, which is kind of sad. Looking at the rest of the roster for the Royals. See, they signed a role this Chapman. Mm -hmm. It looks like they got a guy named Brady Singer who looks like to who looks to be their their top guy, their top pitcher. Yeah, drafted um, in the first round by Kansas City back in 2018. But before we move on, I just wanted to ask you with Chapman. Give me what are the odds that he is moved by the trade deadline. What kind of contract was he signed to? That's a very good question. I'll look it up right now. I think it was just a one year. Because it looks like they already have a closer in Scott Barlow. Mm -hmm. But see, I thought he was like super young. He's really not. He's 30. 30. Yeah. I thought the same thing too. Um, Chapman. Okay, uh, looks like one year, three million. Yeah, three point seven five million. Oh yeah, definitely. If he's anything, <laughs> if he's good, <laughs> I think we could go there. Yeah, if he has anything left in the tank, 
he'll be on the move mm-hmm. for a nice little piece, you know, a, a nice minor league prospect. Um, and with their projections, with the team's projections, I could see Barlow being moved if he's, you know, uh, if he has 15, 20 saves at, at that point of the uh, the season. Yeah, because there's no point of having an elite closer if you're lounging at the bottom of the standings. Right. Especially for a guy who's already 30. And time and time again, bullpen help is always a commodity that that teams look for at the trade deadline. Every year, seems like there's not enough pitching. Yeah. All right, so 64 and 98. That's what Pakoda has. Are you going over or under? I'm going under. Um, and I'll be generous. I'll say just barely because I just don't see anything, anybody else on this team that um, could warrant, you know, a, a higher than 64 win projection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going under as well. But um, like they like we talk about, they got some nice pieces. I talk about Bobby Witt Jr. and Vinny P. Like they got some pieces for the future. Sure, but just not enough. Exactly, and that's why it's the future. It's not now. You know, it's it's later on down the line. I feel like Brooke gonna be saying that for a couple of teams in the AL Central. Yeah. Moving on. To the next team, the Detroit Tigers, one of the biggest disappointments of 2022. Last year, finishing 66 and 96. Pakoto has them pegged this year at 65 and 97. Another one game decrease from last year, just like the Royals. Man, I can't. A year ago, could you believe that we were saying that the Detroit Tigers wouldn't even make it to 500? No, they – at the start of the season, no, because they had all this money to spend and they didn't spend it. Um, Last year they did. Like last year they brought in Javi Baez. They brought in Eduardo Rodriguez. They had Spencer Torkelson at first. And uh, Riley Green, they had, they were like, okay, these are the guys, and it just never clicked. No, not at all. And it doesn't look like it's going to get any better this year. Uh, no, not at all. No, and I, I hope whatever personal issue that Rod Rodriguez had last year completely cleared up now. He only started 17, 17 games last year. Mm-hmm. Oh, they also lost their um, number one overall pick from 2018, Casey Mays, to Tommy John surgery last year. Yikes. And that was in June, so... He we'll won't see. be back till maybe August. Maybe. I mean, we hope so. In prayers that there are no setbacks for that young man. I think he's only mm-hmm. like 20. Maze. Yeah, he's 25. 
don't know. Everything that, that could go wrong for Detroit went wrong. Their two right. big signings were a buzz. The highly ranked prospects that they had came up and did nothing. Like, it was bad. They I traded know. for Nick Maton during the offseason. <laughs> Get him as far away from uh, a meaningful game against uh, Phil Maton as, as you can. Oh, yeah. Dumbass, bro. Yeah. The one time you want to show emotion, Phil, you break your damn hand. So let me tell you how bad it was for the Detroit Tigers last year offensively. Mm-hmm. 25th in average, 29th in on-base percentage, 29th on on-base plus slugging, 30th in runs, 30th in home runs, 28th in stolen bases. Good Lord. Wow. This was a bad offense last year. (laughs) They had nothing last year. If you're looking at their fan graphs projections, I mean, that's a godsend from... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like that's a very and it's a very generous projections based on if if you're looking at anything you know if you hold anything uh you know if if, if 2022 carries any weight in, in what you think they might do and uh, these what... 2023 projections are very generous and would be leaps and bounds <laughs> it's a bunch of it can't be that bad again right Right. <laughs> Which is very optimistic from a computer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they sniff any of these projections, good for them. I mean, you hope you hope that a guy like Baez, when you give him all that money, that um he does live up to that contract. <laughs> like he has to. Like you have to hope he does. Um, but so, the thing is, they had their pick of the litter of shortstops, and they they settled on him. And mm-hmm. Baez was like what the third or fourth best shortstop in uh, the twenty twenty what twenty twenty two yeah free agent class. Yeah, definitely. Because it was Correa, um, Seager, and mm-hmm. even um, uh, what's his name. The- also, he plays second now for for uh for Texas with Seager. My name escapes me right now. But yeah, they had options. Oh, they yeah. picked, they picked Simeon. Simeon, thank you. They picked the dude who like had the worst uh back control. Like his dude swings at everything. Any slider outside, he was swinging for it. And and they picked him first. Like they could have tried to go after Korea. They could have tried to go after Simeon or um I keep wanting to say Trey Turner, but that's not that man's name. Seeger. Seeger. But they settled. Mm-hmm. And this is what they got. And then you have guys like you bring out Spencer Torkelson. You think he's going to be the heir apparent at first base and he just bombs. Like it was so bad they had to send him back down to triple A. Right. Akil uh Badu. They got him slot as a leadoff man here on fangrafts. That dude hit 204 last year. 
on mm. base percentage under 300. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. And I'm projecting a 315 on base. I'm gonna tell you something that's still not good. No, <laughs> no. That's not good for any player. That's definitely not good for your um leadoff man. His on base last year was 289. Mm-hmm. And 315 projection today. All right, that's someone who needs to be hitting eighth or not or ninth, not first. Right. I look at this team and all I can see is like, well, it's a bunch of I hope. You hope Javi Baez can put together a good season. You hope Spencer Torkelson can show the um uh the fortitude and the ability that made him the first overall pick in the 2020 draft. Um Riley Green, Austin Meadows, it's like they got some young guys who are like, I hope they can bring it together. And we all know this is Miguel Cabrera's swan song. So like if this was a Dizzy movie, they would, you know, ride right out and win win some for the Gipper boys and make it to like the wild card, but that's not how real life works. Yeah. I mean, this rotation is not good enough for that. And like I like um Rodriguez, mm-hmm. but man, he's your number one. And look, all of his I mean his success has to be attributed to being on a Red Sox team that was pretty good at that time. What was he last year? His ERA four point zero five. Like I say, only only started seventeen games last year. Mm-hmm. Look, he's a former nineteen game, I think nineteen game winner. But again, he was on a really good Red Sox team. You can only win so much when your team can't score, right? This is 2019 Red Sox that won the World Series. Mm-hmm. No, no, uh, no, they didn't win the World Series in 2019. No, 2019 right? was 2018. Yeah, 2019 yeah. with those dastardly Nationals. That's right. The World Series that will haunt me until my dying days. He had three really good seasons, and then he went to Detroit. <laughs> it's like, oh man. You know, it's got to be so deflating as a pitcher when you look at what your offense isn't doing on the field. And it's like, okay, so if I give up two runs, it's over. Right. That's a terrible position to be in. We both agree it's going to be a a terrible team. Um, God, they don't have anyone who pitched over 100 innings in the major leagues last year. They don't even they don't even have a bullpen. <laughs> I'm looking at their bullpen right now. There are a lot of fours in that bullpen from last year. Yeah. And a lot of who the hell are they? Now I'll give them, I'll I'll give a pass on that because you know, it seems like every year there's some guy out of the bullpen that puts up a decent ERA. Doesn't matter what team, you can always find a guy who's decent. But mm-hmm. And we don't pay that much attention to the AL Central, so I'm going to let them slide on that one. 
Yeah, Man, it's just a lot. It's just on this team is a lot of I don't know what's going. On. Like, who is the biggest trading tip chip on this team? Yeah, if we just talk about with the Royals, we say it was, uh Perez and a couple of guys in their bullpen for the Tigers. Like, if they if their season goes like we think it's going to go, who who are they trading to get prospects back? The first thing that comes to mind is maybe Jonathan Scoop. Because he has power, he has a history of power. Um, he's right in that age where, like, if you you need a uh, if you need a little pop in your lineup, if he's hitting, you know, during at the trade deadline, that's a guy you could go after, and he's relatively cheap. He signed for two years, fifteen million. Yeah, and he's in the. This is his. He's in the second year of that deal. So. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be a minimal risk investment for a team. I mean, you could get if you can get him for like a, you know, a single A prospect or something like that. You might consider it, um, especially if you need help at second base. Other than that, that's about it that I can think of. Yeah, same. Because even if Miguel Cabrera has some like crazy turn back the clock year like Pujols had, he makes $32 million this year. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. Dang, I'm have to... Detroit is thanking the, the good Lord above that he has decided to retire. Because doesn't he have like an option for next year? Or am I tripping? Uh, yeah, he has two vested options. <laughs> yeah, and they're both vested, so he could keep on going. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah, he's, he's a good man. Probably get some of that money under the table, but I'm not snitching. <laughs> I get to you know, like in free uh, Little Caesars pizzas. I'd take that. Just gotta eat them while they hot. If I've already made two hundred million dollars, when they said, "We'll give you, we'll give you some free pizzas if you go away," nah, I take it. I'm, I, I have franchises, man. Yeah. Oh, you know what? That's a that's a better idea. And maybe Austin Meadows is a guy you could trade if he's performing, because uh, he's on a one year deal, a very cheap deal, and this is a guy that hit. 33 home runs in 2019 for Tampa and 27 home runs in 2021 for Tampa. So, and he's pretty young. He's only 27. He's not even 28 yet. He'll be 28, I think May. So he's, he's close, but still pretty young. So our answers are Austin Meadows or Jonathan Scoop. Yes. And that's if they're performing. That's, that's definitely if they're performing. All right, so let's get to over under. If Dakota has them pegged 65 and 97, you're going over or under. Ooh, man. Um because it's only it's one game worse than what they did last year, but we just talked about this team is like, okay, so can they even get to 66 wins? Right. I'm gonna go over, but barely Ooh. at 66. 
somebody somebody has to be uh somebody has to so one of the bottom teams has to you know um surprise no match or barely exceed their Makota projections mm-hmm. and I'll say um Detroit and look another thing another factor another thing I'll factor in I mean I think we've always liked um AJ Hinch this is true and he's you know for all of the shit that went down that cost him his job he's still a, a World Series winning manager and um you know I think he's capable of you know coaching up some guys I wonder if they start off slow again this year if that's the end for him of course yeah I mean all things have to be considered when when it's when you're off to a slow start because if the GM seat gets a little hot you know the first person they turn to yeah of course <laughs> all right so 65. but I'll say over just barely hmm <sighs> I'm going under. Okay. In fact, not only am I going under, I'm retroactively going over for the Royals. Okay. I think the the Tigers are the worst team in this division, man. Okay. Fair enough. That's how I feel today. All right. Moving on to our third team. Another 2022 disappointment. The Chicago White Sox. Who in 2021 were in the ALDS mm-hmm. against the Houston Astros, and they took that to was that five games? They did, yeah, it went five games, and then backed that up with a 81 and 81 record in 2022. Okay. The great. Bakota has them pegged this year, 79 and 83. Man, talk about a team where everything just went wrong for them. It was mm-hmm. just injuries. Injuries and now, um, you know, losses to free agency. But, yeah, definitely a team that underperformed immensely last year. Uh, before we really get into this team, first and first foremost, I want to say prayers up to Liam Hendricks. He was diagnosed with non-Hodgins lymphoma back Ooh. in January. Yikes. So um, I, I don't care if he plays this year or not. I hope he just comes back healthy and yeah. uh, recovers from that because we, uh, we've all been affected by cancer. We always say cancer is a bitch. And mm. uh, we just want to keep prayers up for that man and his family, of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. You try to be and want to be nice and respectful of man. And then I immediately look at the roster. I see Joe Kelly name. I say, fuck Joe Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) Each and every day. Yeah. The end of time. Yeah. But back to this team. I do like what they did in the offseason signing Andrew Benintendi for left field. Mm-hmm. And uh, signing Mike Clevenger, even though Mike Clevenger might be an, another nasty man, 
He just got Nasty, cleared. Nasty Man Jr. Yeah, he just well, yeah, he just got clear with the MLB investigation about him being basically violent with his, I believe his ex-wife and children. Mm-hmm. So he'll be on the field. Uh, I will not be. It's weird, man, because like, okay, you did something that improves yourself, but it's really disgusting. It's like the same thing yeah. we had when the Astros traded for Roberto Osuna all those years ago. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you helped the bullpen, but I do not feel good <laughs> watching this guy pitch. Brett Myers, too. Mm-hmm. And there was footage of that, wasn't there? <sighs> you might be right. I don't remember. Don't ask me about anything that happened before the pandemic, man. <laughs> the dark times. <laughs> We're still in the dark. I remember nothing. I barely remember anything before 2020. Uh, don't ask me anything before that. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Unless it's sports related. Anything else? Personal life. What job did I have in 2017? I have no idea. Right. It's all it's all a blur. <laughs> You know, I, I look at this ro- this rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost Carlos Rodon this year, correct? Oh no, last, last, last year. year. Last year is when they lost him because he played in San Francisco last year. Yeah. What was the what was the uh, what happened there? Was it he traded San Francisco? I looked that up. Keep talking. Okay, but I look at this this rotation that doesn't have. That hasn't had uh, Rodon for a full year now. Um, Dylan Cease was a very good pitcher last year for them. Um, a very yeah, no man, forgot he he was a Cy Young candidate for a portion of the season. Okay, for Carlos Rodon, correct me if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. didn't he get hurt like at the end of 2021? And he signed a one-year deal. With he was non-tendered by Chicago. He signed a one-year deal. Um, oh, he signed a two-year contract with San Francisco with an opt-out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but am I wrong? I feel like he got injured at the end of 2021, mm-hmm. and that's why they didn't sign him, give him a long-term deal. And that's why he yeah, because he had at least one good season with with uh, Chicago. Mm-hmm. That's right. But this rotation would be we. I think we'd have a the we'd be having a much different conversation if he was at the top of this rotation. Um, but I look at this rotation. Dylan Cease was a, a scion candidate for a good portion of the season last season. Mm-hmm. Lance Lynn was hurt. For a good portion of last season, um, after having, after having just being just just being an effective pitcher most of his career, like he's old now, like he's what going to be thirty six, or he's already thirty six, I think something he's like almost that. Almost thirty six, still pitching. He's pitching for Team USA. That's right. Um, had some. He's always been solid wherever he goes. He had some really solid. Um, year like it's some really good years with with St. Louis, two good seasons with Texas, and like you think pitcher, you think Texas, and you think potential disaster, and 
I mean, he was 16 and 11, six and three in the 2020 uh, COVID season. I mean, those are really good years considering you're playing for Texas. Um, Shots fired. Probably <laughs> like it is. And uh, his, his um, stint in Chicago so far has been uh, average, uh, you know, a decent uh, 2021, actually a good 2021, just not a lot of wins. And then he was hurt for most of 2022, so um, never really got it going, but still finished with a sub four ERA and a over five, you know, plus 500 record. Um, and then you look at Giolito, who is a toss up at this point, Clevenger. Um, looking for a fresh start. Kopech is still young. He's actually he is actually still very young. This is an interesting rotation. Um, is it a good rotation? I'm gonna say. One second. Let me let me look at something real quick. You want, you want me to give you their stats real quick for last no, no, year? No. no, I've got I've got that. I just I want to compare it though. All right. Well, I'll give it to the people listening. Okay. Starting pitchers last year for the Chicago White Sox and ERA 15th, 18th and whiff, 23rd and walks for nine, 13 and K's for nine, 14 and hits for nine, and 13 and home runs for nine. So I would it's an say average rotation. Exactly. That's what they were last year. But it's an average rotation for all of baseball. And I look at the last two teams we have to discuss. And this might be the best rotation in the division. The guys that they have right now, if they pitch to their potential, if they pitch healthy, at best, they're the best rotation in in the American League Central. At worst, they might be the second best. And I think that's – it could be going going out on a limb, but – your top two guys are, are Cease and Lynn. Uh, I might take them over. Um, no, yes. I am taking them over. No, well, I, I might take them over Minnesota's top two pitchers. Cleveland, it's, it's a toss-up as well. I think I probably take Cleveland having Bieber and McKenzie, mm-hmm. but we'll talk about them when we get to them. Yeah, yeah. But I had to look at those those last two rotations. Um, best case scenario for Chicago, they pitch to be the best rotation in the division, mm-hmm. which still could very well be a middle of the road division for baseball. But I was going to say that's like cool. that's like being the tallest little person, right? <laughs> exactly. But for the American League Central, they very well have potential to be the, the best rotation. And I think at worst, second best. Oh, yeah. I got no arguments there. I can, I can see it happening. I still like their offense. I do too. Right. Even though they, yeah, they, I mean, they lost uh, Abreu, Jose Abreu to free agency. It's still, um, but Andrew Vaughn, Andrew Vaughn's going to play in first base, and they're really high on him. They still got mm-hmm. like Lamb right now, Tim Anderson, Luis uh, Roberts Jr., 
Benatendi, uh, Elo Jimenez, Yana Mancata, Andrew Vaughn, and yeah, Andrew Vaughn, sorry, Yasmani Grandal, and right field right now showing Oscar Colas, who is their uh, third rank prospect, and as second base, Elvis Andrews. Like, I'd like their offense as long as everyone stays healthy, right? Elvis Andrews at your nine spot is that's not a bad guy to have there. I mean, he's he's seen and done it all at this point. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's an interesting team. They under uh, the 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 bottom line is they underperformed last year. Yeah, they underperformed because of injuries. Yeah, I think I'm looking last year. There are only two guys on this team to get over 500 plate appearances, and one of them was not even with the team last year. It was Andrew Benatendi and Andrew Vaughn. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry, El, uh, Andrews as well. But was he with the team last year? Oh, yeah, he was. He signed from Oakland and Oxford. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Just a lot of bad injuries from last last year, and if they can stay healthy, like I still think Tim Anderson is one of the best middle infielders in the game right now. Yeah, um, really high on Andrew Vaughn. Like I still, I really, I like this team. Like I mm-hmm. think they're going to be in contention for the um for the division title. I agree. Right, so I think so much so that. We're looking at Pakota, right? Here we go again. Yes, Pakota. Okay, I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it right. I'm One gonna of get these it. days, you'll get it. <laughs> I got three more episodes or two more episodes. Two more. Pakota, uh, I say they they go over the Pakota projections at 79 wins. I think they go well into the 80s. Yeah, I'm with you as well. Yeah, I think it's a. A uh, three-team race this year between the White Sox, sorry, and the Twins. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, let's move on to our fourth team, which will be the Cleveland Guardians. Yeah, according to Pakoda. In fact, I'm. Let me tell you, people, right now, I'm still looking at this. I'm looking at the standings right now, and it's crazy how close these two teams are. They have Cleveland. And uh, winning 87.6 games, Minnesota 88.2. So a point six <laughs> win different between these two teams. But since Cleveland was the second, that's the team that we're going to talk about next. Cleveland, did they win the division last year? Yes. Handled it because the White Sox were in second at 88 and 88, and the Guardians won 92. That's right. That's right. They won. They beat the Rays and the Wild Card, and then lost to the Yankees and the ALDS. That's correct. That's right. Man, I gotta say, um, I like this lineup. Again, this is an interesting lineup. They have guys that last year. Well, based on on their twenty twenty three projections, uh, maybe outperformed um, expectation. Well, they definitely uh, probably 
I guess outperformed expectations, but it's a good lineup in my opinion. Do you like this lineup more or less than Chicago White Sox? That is a great question. Um, I like this lineup more than the Chicago White Sox. This team runs a lot more. Um, Hits for a little slightly better average, it looks like. At least they're projected to. Well, they did last year, at least. Um, And, you know... (laughs) I, I'm a little wise, more familiar with the team because I did have three of their guys on my fantasy team last year. I was waiting to see how long it get to talk. You <laughs> I, I did. I'm just saying. It just happened that way. I had Josh <laughs> Naylor for a period of time. Andres Jimenez I'm keeping this year. Like, he's mm-hmm. one of my keepers. I got him as a free agent. He wasn't even drafted in our league last season. And uh, Stephen Kwan, I had him for most of the season. As a free agent pickup as well. So, like and Juan and Jimenez stole bases, hit for average. Um, look, Jimenez is looking like you know the next. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Lindor. So last year the Chicago White Sox were fifth in batting average. Cleveland Guardians were seventh. However, the White Sox were twenty fourth in stolen bases. Guardians were third. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is what they need to do because the Guardians are 29th in home runs. The only team that was worse than them last year was the team we talked about earlier, the Detroit Tigers. <laughs> yeah, no, they didn't have a lot of power last year, but they added Josh Bell this year. True. But if, if I remember you being a little worried about Juan Soto when we talked about the Padres because of the the year he had coming right. over to the uh, coming over to Padres. And during the trade last year, so how do you feel about Josh Bell seeing how he just cratered after being traded from the Nationals to the Padres last year? Yeah, I man, that's a great point. Um, I th- I'm you know it might not make a lot of sense, but Josh Bell is not. Um, there's not as much hype as like behind Josh Bell, right? So the expectations are pretty low going into this season, just based on how he performed after the trade. Um, so this is the perfect opportunity for a guy like him to bounce back, have a good full season, contend for a division title, contend for postseason play, um, and be in the middle of a, a pretty good lineup. Again, a lineup that um, could benefit from him driving in runs. Guys, if you have guys that get on base at steel base, um, he could be your your guy to drive him in. And I think, right. but mostly the expectations are going to be low because of what he didn't do in the second or after the trade. So, what better what better time than than now to uh, have a bounce back season, a full bounce back season? What I'm hearing is that you don't believe in your Hispanic brother, your Dominican Republican brother, Juan Soto. Hey, how can how can, I mean? Look, there's some bias there as well. <laughs> you know, he was 21 in all of the uh, World Series when he beat the Astros. Kind of <laughs> sick of the guy, to be honest with you. Oh wow! Wish him all the best. Get your money. Get paid. Whatever. But uh, you know. 
not my favorite player in the world. I'll put it that way. If he ever says, I'm, in, I'm interested in joining the Astros, I would be down on my hands and knees begging, please. <laughs> like, it's a boys to men video. Well, of course. It's I mean, not. you know, we'll always turn an about. There will always be an about face if, if, uh, unless it's Joe Kelly. Don't want him ever sniffing an Astros roster. Oh, we're in agreement there, buddy. Yeah. Anybody else? Come on by. Come on in. Um, yeah, I mean, I like, I like the, the, I like the uh, offense. They might not be, they might not hit for as much power as the White Sox, um, but if they can get on base, if they can steal bases, Miles Straw is, you know, their ninth hitter in center field. He's a good defensive center fielder. Um, you know, it's it's a pretty like it's a very interesting lineup at like at worst, and you know, could at best could be the best lineup in the division. My issue with this lineup is the same issue I had last year. Mm-hmm. It's like you got a scratch and claw to get a run. You know, you get a hit, get a walk, steal a base. You got to do all this stuff together. And then the other team just comes up, gets a bloop single and a home run, and the game's tied. Yeah. I, I like Josh Bell, and I like Jose Ramirez, but I still feel like they need another bopper, somebody who is a guaranteed 30, 35 home run hitter. Sure. No, I, that that – It's a it's a high wire act with this offense. You got mm-hmm. you're hoping that Stephen Kwan does the same thing he did last year, which was out of this world. Yeah, uh, Jose Ramirez another superstar uh, year. Josh Bell bounces back from his time in San Diego. Like you're right, there's a lot of talent here, but I still would feel so much better. They have one guy who puts the fear of God into you when he comes up to plate. And they might have that guy. They might have that guy in Josh Naylor who got off to a hot start and kind of cooled off at the second you know, in the second half of the season. But he's a big kid. I mean, he's I think he's like I think he's like six six. I could have sworn I saw something about him like uh I could have sworn he's like a big guy, stature wise. Josh Naylor? Yeah. I think you're on crack cocaine because Fangrass has him oh, at 5'11". Yeah. <laughs> He's just fat. <laughs> He's 5'11", 250. That's why. That's why he looked like a big guy at the plate. He's just a... He's fat. <laughs> God damn. You made him seem like the next coming of Adonis. Guy's <laughs> a fat boy. Hey. We... <laughs> we <laughs> we sense our own <laughs> when mm. when I see those stats. <laughs> so let's go to the pitching side. Shane Beebler, Tristan McKenzie, excellent one two. Yeah. Well, you say about it. I the young rotation, man. Yeah. This is a very young rotation. 
The oldest person in the rotation is 28, and that's Zach uh, Plezak. Mm-hmm. And he's at the bottom of the rotation mm-hmm. where you want your oldest – You oftentimes you want your oldest pitcher, you know, amongst young up-and-comers. If he's not an ace, you know, that's where he should go. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue, you know, that Bieber and McKenzie, you know, aren't the best uh, one-two in this division. Mm-hmm. And then the rotation, they got one of the best closers in the league, Emmanuel yep. Plaza. Right. I really like I like this team. I just just one more hitter, man. Sure, and that's I don't think they're gonna get it because they're one of those teams that like to play cheap. Mm-hmm. But they're gonna be out there, you know, pitching, defense, timely hitting. It's just when they go up against a team like, say, the Yankees or the Astros or the Mariners, someone like that, like they're gonna be like pushing that rock uphill. Like I mm-hmm. just don't, I just think they're. Well, this entire division, like they're not going to come through in, in the playoffs, but they're good enough to get there. Right. And did they did they lose anybody this year? Let me check real quick. Um, let's see. Anthony Goals got uh signed to Cleveland. Oh, wait. Yeah, no, he's back. Sorry. Uh, the only person I can see is Austin Hedges. He signed with Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So they didn't lose anybody. They're basically bringing back the same team that they had last year. Right. Bringing back the same team, adding a guy that um, has very low expectations, but could uh, you hope exceeds those expectations. Man. I got this team going over 88 wins. Mm. Maybe not 92, maybe 90, but definitely over. Because you're right, it is going to be a, a three-team race with Chicago and, and Minnesota. But, I mean, this is, <laughs> the same team that won 92 games is back. It's kind of hard to go against that. In my opinion. Well, the only thing stopping me is we brought it up multiple times before the balanced schedule. Like they're not gonna get as mm-hmm. many games to beat up on the Royals and Tigers. Sure. I expect the White Sox to be better and the twins to be better. I'm going what was it, eighty eight? Eighty eight. Ooh, man, that's a perfect number. I really wish I could put. I'm going over slightly, like sure. 89 wins. Slightly. All right, we go to our last team in the division, the Minnesota Twins. Last year, 78 and 84. This year, projections have them at 88 and 74. So... What is what's the story behind this ten game increase? Okay, that's a very good question. I got no. Where is this ten game increase coming from? It's certainly not coming from Pablo Lopez. 
I mean, he's a young guy, had decent year with Miami last year, but is he really ace material? I don't know. Look, he's listed at the top of the rotation. Let me look at all the things it is. So they re-signed Carlos Correa. What was that? That's six another years? big question. <laughs> yeah. How much was that? Six years, two hundred million. I believe so. Yeah. So they bring back Correa. They also signed Joey Gallo, Christian Vasquez. They bring in Michael A. Taylor, who basically is going to be Byron Buxton insurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then trading Pablo Lopez, trading Kyle Farmer. Like, it's more like they fix stuff around the edges. But I'm with you, man. I just don't. Ten games is a lot. That's a huge number. And you, real quick, do you remember when Byron Buxton was the number one prospect in all of baseball? Mm-hmm. And we were all fighting each other to try and draft him in, in the fantasy? Yep. Those were the days. Yeah, I remember. That's great. Like they had a really good Carlos Correa season. He hit 291, 366 on base, 22 home runs. Like he had a, a great season last year. He had a Carlos Correa season. Yeah. Byron How long Buxton. can that ankle hold up? <laughs> is that the big, is that the $200 million question? All the paper mache and the Gorilla Glue <laughs> in Minnesota is currently at Target Field as we speak. Right. Um, <laughs> Byron Buxton. Had a Byron Buxton year full of potential ending with injuries. Mm-hmm. Yep. Man, Joey Gallo hit 160 last year. <laughs> oh my God. Like, I don't care what you say. That that's not all shift related. Yeah, no, that's just a guy who is an impatient hitter. It's a guy that just, you know, oof, man, and those home runs were down. Like, this is a guy that, you know, for years you were counting on being a 41, 40 home run, 38 home run guy. Yeah, he'd hit like 240 or lower, but you could take that. He's hitting 40 home runs. Yeah, but a 160 and 19 home runs between two teams. Like, someone traded for him. Like, that's insane. And not like his projections are crazy high. 195 average for 24 home runs. Again, where are these 10 extra wins coming from? <laughs> You're asking the wrong man because I didn't realize how crazy that sounded until you asked me that. And then I started looking at this roster. I'm like, huh, that is a <laughs> right. very good question. Look, um, because right now they have uh, Bucks and projected for 560 plate appearances. I'm like, I feel the, about him the same way that I felt about Kershaw in the last episode. It's like you need to schedule, you need to piss with him for like 330, and then anything you get over that is a bonus. It's like right. there's a reason why you guys traded for Michael A. Taylor. Yeah, and 
you know, that 560 plate appearances is based on him being a DH. Yeah. Like, you know, that's, uh, that's the only way that's going to happen. That's not true. Cause that dude hurt his ankle last year, sliding into second base. Oh God. Can I take it back then? <laughs> oh my God. Just imagine what life would be like for us if the Astros had drafted Bucks and South Korea. Man, they'd both be on Minnesota still. Mm. They'd both find their way to Minnesota. Um, I guess the, the best thing I can say about uh, Minnesota is they do a lot of things good, but nothing excellent. Mm-hmm. Which again uh, is like, where the hell are these ten wins coming from? I don't understand. And look, in my opinion, um, or or first off, they have Sonny Gray listed as their number two guy. Boy, I was just about to say the same thing. We, <laughs> you read you read my mind. <laughs> uh, he's he's what thirty two, going to be thirty three this year. He is thirty three. Sorry, he already is thirty three. Uh, had a solid year last year. Like, not a bad year. My the thing, and so I, I bring him up because he's he's listed as your number two right now. But I think they're still just kind of biding time for Joe Ryan to move up to number two, potentially even number one. Uh, he's still really young. Mm-hmm. And, and again, full disclosure, another keeper from my fantasy team last year. My lord! <laughs> Look, at least it gives me a reason. I, at least I can sort of talk about these guys, like with some, uh, you know, with some knowledge or you know, attempted knowledge. But look, he went thirteen and eight last year. Um. And you know was a was a uh, he was a prospect for Tampa, I believe. Yeah, he was traded. He was traded from Tampa to Minnesota. And look, Tampa has a history of you know developing pretty good pitchers. Like yes, they when they trade when away they, <laughs> when they stay in Tampa, <laughs> and then they trade them away. No, but this guy looks to be you know a potential number two guy. Maybe number one if you know if he's on this team, he could be a number one guy for this team. You're looking at the you're on the Fangraphs uh, roster resources page, right? Yes. So you can see the 2023 prediction for their starting rotation, right? Yeah. Do you see how no one has an ERA under three point eight? Right. <laughs> I'm like you now. I'm like, where are these 10 wins coming from? <laughs> Computer, Pacotti, you lied to me. <laughs> but then, you know, he, he had a brief stint in 2021. They, you know, they brought him up for a few games just to see what, you know, see what he's got. And, you know, he wasn't a terrible pitcher. That He wasn't even bad then. In five starts, I mean, you know, it was – uh, a successful five starts, I would say. And something to build off. I mean, this guy, I think, again, 
ultimately could be the number one guy for your team. Definitely should pass up Sonny Gray this year. I I feel like. I mean, yeah, these projections are not great. <laughs> um, but I don't see. And again, I don't see anybody that's making a difference in or that's making up those ten wins. But uh, ultimately, if you could pair a guy like Lopez and Ryan as your one and two, or relatively the same age, the same ballpark, it's not a bad combo to work off of. But um, again, where are these ten wins coming? I can't get. I can't but, wrap my head. Uh, around this I got. I don't know, man. I really I'm trying to know. talk about. I'm trying to talk up Joe Ryan, but I can't get past the idea that this team is going to make up ten wins from last year. Where? The bullpen isn't great. I mean, it's not. I don't think it's a. Yeah, I'm looking at the relief pitcher last year. Their last year rankings, everything's just middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. Their highest, they were 12th in K's per nine, and then they were 20th in home runs per nine. Everything else is around that range. Mm-hmm. And again, I mean, you compare it to to the White Sox. The White Sox ultimately just underperformed. Yeah. They were hurt. There's nothing you can do if you yeah. can't get on the field. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm, I know, I know, I know. Let me just get to the number. 88 yeah. and 74. We're both taking it under, right? Of course. Yeah, that's not even wait. That's not even wasting more time. We're both taking it under on that. But we did say it's going to be a three-team race between mm-hmm. these three. Yeah. I just... You know, by by that statement, at least that means that, or I'll I'll predict that if it is a three team race, that Minnesota will keep it tight for I'd say two thirds of the season, maybe that might be too much, and then tra- trail off at the end, and then it becomes a two team race. But I, I don't see this team taking it down to the wire with Chicago or Cleveland. Me neither. I'm looking. I'm looking at these over under now, and I'm beginning to. I'm beginning to second guess myself. I'm about to change <laughs> some of these right now. All right. So to recap, Kansas City Royals, their uh, Pakota win total sixty four. You took the under. I took the over. Correct. Correct. Detroit Tigers, sixty five wins. I took the under. You took the over? Barely, but yes. All right. Chicago White Sox, 79 wins. We both took the over? Yes. Cleveland Guardians, 88 wins. You took the over. I'm switching. I'm taking the under. Okay. And then the Minnesota Twins, 88 wins again, and we're both taking the under. Oh, yeah. Like, if the if the Guardians end up with like eighty seven wins and win this division, it's under, and it's five games less than they than they won last year, which isn't like a crazy big number. No, no, not at all. It's not like I'm predicting they're gonna drop down to like a seventy four win team, but if they go, you know, they win like eighty six, eighty seven games. Like I feel like that's where the Twins, the Guardians, and the White Sox are going to be. They're all going to be in that range, just mm-hmm. above five hundred. 
Yeah. All right, so we are done with the AL Central. Let's see how long that was. One hour and 16 minutes. So far, that's our longest podcast. <laughs> for, a t for a division we didn't really want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how we all we always do that. We're like, oh, we have nothing to talk about. It's not gonna it's gonna be a short podcast, 30, 40 minutes tops, and then <laughs> I'm editing the thing and it's an hour and a half. <laughs> Look, there's interesting players on all most of these teams. Um, and it's it, look, it's the worst division in in baseball, but it's also like the most tossed up division in baseball as well. Like it could go either way yeah. at this point with yeah. at least three of these teams. Yeah. One of those three teams end up winning the division. I would not be shocked. I will be shocked if a well, no, they have to. One of the three teams has to win the division. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about if either one, Minnesota, Cleveland, or Chicago. I won't be surprised whichever one it is because those are the three best teams, and they're all jumbled together. What would really surprise me is if they get a second team in with the wild card. So no, not even that. The most surprising would to me would be. If Minnesota won those ten extra games, they're improved by ten games <laughs> that they're projected to by some computer. I'd be like, God damn, they threw a version into a volcano somewhere. They did some <laughs> sacrifices. All right, so we're done. Like I said, with the AL Central next week, Monday we'll be back with the AL East, and then later next week we will wrap up with the AL West. And give you our Cy Youngs and MVP selections for the American League and wrap it all up with our World Series predictions. Sounds good. So get ready for the AL West podcast. It'll be three and a half hours. <laughs> Anything else you want to say to people, man? Thanks for tuning in, tuning in as always. Yes. It's another good one. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for downloading, listening, sharing. And if you can, leave a review wherever you listen to this fine podcast at. I've seen a couple of reviews on Good Pods. And I think it's like seven reviews, a bunch of five. So I feel it really boosts up my ego. I feel great. There you go. Uh, yeah. So uh, like I said, we'll see you next week. Continue with the American League. And that's it. For Anthony, I'm DeQuincy. Later. Thank <laughs> you.